0: What's up everybody and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez and this is episode 51. We're joined today by two members and co-founders of The Grand Legacy Group, Rod Collins and Anthony Mitchell. The Grand Legacy Group is a social equity-owned cannabis company based in Illinois. They were founded in 2020 with the mission to partner with entrepreneurs to support, build, and scale craft cannabis in the state. They're striving to deliver a unique cannabis experience for consumers by partnering with industry visionaries and advocating for high quality cannabis and medicinal benefits. With a philanthropic mindset right from the beginning, the Grand Legacy Group has big plans for 2024 to support the community with their own craft cannabis facility opening soon in Elgin. Find out more at grandlegacygroup.com and enjoy the show. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you
1: for for uh, having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Yes, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It it seems like you're up to uh, a lot of fun there in Illinois the last few years. Just getting some traction, huh?
2: Yes, it's really kind of getting things uh, going over here. It has been a roller coaster, but an exciting one. (laughs) So we've had ups and downs in here, but hey, I'm glad that we are on it, though.
0: Yes, definitely, man. And, and the story began uh, originally with an entrepreneurial group or a, a group that was working to open different businesses from our conversation earlier. Could you walk us through a little bit of the, the ideation or how the cannabis idea came up across the group?
2: Yeah, I, I sure can. So as you mentioned, you know, the group, um, we were a bunch of entrepreneurs kind of looking to do different business ventures that we had, um, just kind of brainstorming. From time to time, because, of course, you know, we always want to have some stream, additional string of income coming in. So just kind of thinking outside the box. And then, um, of course, when cannabis hit Illinois, we thought, OK, this is great. Let's kind of see where this goes. And of course, you know, medical opened up first and then um, we found out about recreational coming into the state. So there was a lot of push about the social equity. And how, you know, now it's an opportunity for minorities to really kind of get in early. And so I was like, hey, this looks right up our alley. Um, so the actually the, the team prior to that, they were kind of thinking on the same page. And um, we were looking to kind of get into the transportation industry initially. Um, but okay. after reviewing it, yeah, after reviewing it and kind of see what our options were. And then, of course, some of my experience, you know, in the cannabis industry itself kind of following over or the last part of the decade, um, I thought it would be great to have, you know, an opportunity to really kind of touch the plant because I know that was something that not a lot of minorities have the opportunity to do. Um, so, went ahead and gave them a little presentation to the team and had kind of really running the numbers and thinking about the opportunities and kind of the upside of it. It just felt like a better. Um, I Felt like a better path than going through the transportation. We know it's a lot riskier, <laughs> but yes. um, we kind decided. Kind of managing to kind a fleet of,
0: of vehicles isn't is brings different complexities. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah. So the fleet of vehicles, insurance, and who's going to drive? Because none of us like to drive.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone's pointing the finger.
2: Yeah. So like, all right, who's going to really run this? And so um, we really had a you know kind of thought about it and decided to kind of toss our hat into the craft grow. Um, And so the team came together and we submitted an application.
0: Man, that's excellent. And and what a focus. That's definitely a passion of mine as well, that craft cannabis and kind of quality. uh, Sometimes it can't be done at scale to to still keep that quality. I think that's very important in cannabis as uh, it speaks for itself when you try craft cannabis versus maybe something that was done in a kind of a less aware environment or on a huge scale, you know, with big rooms that you can't really touch each plant or even see each plant as you go. Yeah, we saw this
1: as a perfect opportunity to jump in. You know, it was a low entry to barrier, a low barrier to entry. Um, What other industry would allow African-Americans to jump in on the front end? So we figured, hey, let's jump in, see what happens. Um, Let's try to right some of the wrongs that's been done over the years with the war on cannabis. I mean, I've had family members that have been incarcerated because of cannabis over the years. So we were all very passionate. Once Anthony brought this idea to us, uh, it it was a no brainer from there.
0: It was kind of the flame that uh, everyone was waiting for a little bit that kind of captured all that spirit that you guys were trying to build together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And create a, try to create a legacy you know, for our families, you know, if we are fortunate enough to build this thing up and and be one of the key players in the industry in Illinois, this will create some some income for us and build a little legacy, you know, for our offspring. And that's where our name came from. Grand Legacy Group.
0: Excellent. You know, I love to hear that. That's a um, perfect name there. And I can see the vision playing out as well. And and a grand group for sure, with eight co-founders. Um, all bringing their experience attention awareness and time to the to the table i imagine that helps businesses uh, or it helps you guys go faster in some ways but maybe makes things interesting sometimes uh, how did the group form there was that the entire uh, was that all of the original founders or the original members of your entrepreneurial group or uh, was it a select few that kind of bought in or wanted to put the time in
1: yeah, we started off with the group was much larger than eight. Our entrepreneurial group, um, because some folks didn't have the initial income or the initial um, capital to put into this venture, they weren't able to move forward. So
0: yeah, um, sometimes you know, that's hard. That, that,
1: yeah, that's how that's how we landed with eight.
0: And, and go ahead. I'll Ed, probably
2: Ed. say yeah, uh, a strong eight, just because uh, I think the thing that was a very attractive to me with the group is is that we all bring different elements, you know, to the table when it comes to this. You know, we have some people who have a strong medical background uh in it. Um, so they're of course not necessarily in the cannabis, but they're in the medical field. Um, you know, nurse practitioners that we do have in the group, uh, we're happy with that, are, you know, as far as in transportation, already doing this, you know, Rod has a very strong business mind, you know, he's been all over the place (laughs) in the industry in there and kind of myself with, you know, marketing, even the sales part of that. And then um, even his wife, Mila, as far as, you know, really doing the accounting aspect of it. So a lot of those key pieces that you need to really kind of, you know, grow a business, we have those in-house, you know, are very knowledgeable about those things. So it really just made sense just because, you know, it wasn't just eight people getting into it and we all kind of had the same skill set. It was basically eight people coming in with different skill sets that's coming together, you know, and really kind of forming this great group.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Eight folks coming to pull their own weight, you know, at a different part of the business as well. Um, It's always wonderful having an accountant in the family or close by, man. Accountants are your best friends with the numbers kind of running the world as well. (laughs) Feels like there's always business questions I have for an accountant. We've had some of the folks on from Dope CFO here talking about how difficult it is with cannabis accounting as well. So having experience with accounting and being ready for new industries is uh, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And we're able to divide and conquer. You know, eight people may seem like a lot for a group, but when it comes time to, you know, hit the ground running, we're able to divide and conquer. And everyone has their specialties and their expertise in certain fields and certain industries. We're able to bring all of that together and make some good things happen. Where it's not a big burden on one person.
0: That's a good point, right? It's not a single it's not one one mind stressing over every corner or, or trying to hire people out or sell the vision. You have a a solid group that all believes in the vision is kind of ready to get work done. I I've been working on some projects on the side and if I had seven other folks invested in them that were, you know, passionate, I can't imagine uh, how much of a catalyst that would really be. So you've, you applied for the social equity equity license. And um, how was that process? Was the application uh, process pretty simple once you, once you decided that you wanted to go through with it, or were there some loopholes that Illinois had that uh, made it more fun?
2: Uh, I will say that um, the application was definitely a little bit more challenging than what we anticipated in the beginning. <laughs> um, just to get mm. through it, um, Illinois is probably one of the stricter states when it came to applying. You know, they were definitely I had – Yeah, they definitely had um, – they definitely had their ducks lined up, you know, when they came through this, which was for good reason because of, you know, some of the – stories and horror stories you hear in the other states with issues with licenses and stuff like that so they were trying to dot their i's and cross their t's uh, but there was a lot that was going into as far as those uh applications for the craft grow um so it definitely took us pulling out we put a lot of a lot of late nights <laughs> getting this thing going in here uh, we have pictures of two o'clock in the morning <laughs> people trying to you know put the application together making sure we're checking these boxes so we had quite a few of those so uh, ride house that actually had become kind of the landing spot for us, so <laughs> we used up a lot of his a lot of his electricity was used up during this process
0: that's great. Scoop became the satellite office
1: <laughs> absolutely and I mean it, it was a fun process when you look back on it, but you know it was definitely a lot of um a lot of coffee <laughs> a lot of coffee drinking because it was some late nights but um yeah the the application was it was pretty intense, and initially we were going to write it ourselves. But once we saw all the regulations and all the sections of the application, we decided to hire an app writer and uh, that app writer kind of uh, kind of assisted us in a in a big way to make sure that we were successful in the product that we uh, submitted to the state.
0: Gotcha okay yeah so that allowed you guys to kind of focus on the business still on getting all the needs figured out but bringing some again experience with with other individuals, you know, someone that has written apps before or ha- kind of ha- knows that uh, language that the state wants to see uh, is definitely valuable on that front. Did you have to have the facility and the location selected already for the app? The app or-, or Yes,
1: yes. We had, to, uh, we had to have a physical location identified. Uh, so, we, you know, we had to make sure that was in order. We spent a lot of time uh, visiting facilities Some of them worked. Some of them did not work. Some of them were too close to homes, too close to, um, you know, churches and schools. So, of course, those facilities did not work. Some of them were too small. You know, we wanted to at least have the five thousand square feet that the estate was initially uh, granting us. Um, So it took a lot of um, it took a lot of searching. And then we finally landed on a facility that works for us. and, and, And that's our facility that we have now.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and, and five thousand square feet, is that the license limit or is it a plant count limit for craft?
2: Yeah, that would yeah, be the space be nice. right now. Well that is that is just opening up so that'll start. So um the way that the regs are, are worked in Illinois uh, for craft grows, we can expand up to fourteen thousand for certain conditions of course, but we can get up to fourteen thousand. So as oh, Rob wow. was alluding to, yeah, when we're we're thinking about that, of course we're looking as far as, you know, we want 5,000, but eventually we want to get up to 14,000. So we need to make sure that we have a building where we can grow into, you know, as well. So
0: I see. Yeah. Kind of build out rooms as you need them, kind of expanding that operation that way. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So that's what, uh, that was sometimes kind of challenging. And then also, you know, the zoning part of that too, I think that was an element that a lot of times when you're doing this, you know, we're thinking about the state level, but there is a local, you know, uh, as far as zoning is concerned, yes. you still got to go through that process.
0: <laughs> so you guys all get excited. You found the best location. It's going to be perfect. You can grow into it and it's 50 feet too close to something, right? <laughs> or the or the town has oh, a Anthony, unique law.
1: Yeah. Anthony brought up a great point. I mean, the city has, has to want us there, <laughs> you know? You know, we, you, we may want to go in city X, but city X is not allowing cannabis in their city. So now we got to go next door to city Y, you know, so it took a lot of that as well. And then when we're talking about 5,000 square feet, we're talking about canopy space. So we need a facility that's larger than 5,000 square feet because we need offices. We need a, a lactation room. We need restrooms. We need a kitchen. So uh, we need something that's much larger than 5,000 canopy space.
0: I see. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's a big distinction. I worked in a, a 5,000 square foot building that we had to grow in at one point. So I'm kind of familiar with what that that footage looks like. But then imagining that, all this canopy space, that's a good size craft grow right there. I, I think that could make some folks real happy. <laughs>
2: Definitely, and I'm looking forward to that. So we are definitely eager to get to fourteen thousand to be in that space. <laughs> so so you know, you know. yes, so we that was that's that has always been our goal. Even with you know now with our our build out, you know we we want to definitely structure ourselves to where we are getting that fourteen. We're preparing ourselves for that fourteen thousand because we're definitely looking to you know I think that. We have a, a great team, as you know, mentioned earlier. So I think there's a lot of things we can do with this, with this group and the spending. It's is definitely on the table.
0: And where at in the construction process is the facility now? So we have our facility
2: is actually located in, uh, in Elgin. So we're still working on getting some things uh, built out and they have been, you know, really great. The city of Elgin has really been helping us out. Um, it's good to kind of be somewhere where you're wanted <laughs> on air. So they definitely have been, you know, helping us out, um, making sure that, you know, we have the zoning and and the meetings that we need to have. So they've been extremely helpful, which is really good. It's really good to have considering that, you know, there's some neighboring cities that still haven't passed ordinance to even allow, you know, dispensaries, let alone, you know, cultivation, you know, in the municipalities. So we're, we're, we're in a great place. We're in a good place with them.
0: In the beginning, how did you approach that city relationship or community relationship? Uh, was it as simple as, you know, contacting or, or pitching the business idea? Or did you have to find the right folks or kind of um, arrange an event to kind of bring this up in front of the city or, or leverage this with them? Yeah. Um, actually, the things just
2: kind of align, you know, I, when things are meant to be, they're just meant to be. Uh, Definitely. It was, <laughs> it was fortunate that uh, I had a good friend who actually worked on the council, who worked with the city council uh, in Elgin. And so when we were looking for just random conversation that I was just having with him, and he was, when I was telling him we were looking for a building at the time, he was like, you know, you may want to look in my area. And sure enough, the building we found, I let him know about it. And he was like, hey, you know, we're, we're very cannabis friendly, you know, this is something that we're looking to do and they're, the city's oh, actually excellent. looking to do a lot. Yeah. In there. So they really want, you know, even talked about, you know, hopefully in the future, one day of holding some type of, you know, cannabis event, some conferences there. So they're they're really cannabis friendly. And so that was really welcoming, you know, not just from him, but also from the council as well. So they've been really great in helping us out there.
0: Oh, that's a, that's an awesome story. Yeah. I've heard I've heard varying degrees of acceptance across the, across the towns, but most businesses are able to find that home. And I think that's a collaboration that can just continue, Um, you know, already having the city council, knowing your names and and being part of the business from the beginning is something that a lot of industries would dream of, right? You, you start your business and often the city council doesn't get involved in your new pizza company or, you know, things like that. But for this level of licensing and regulations, when you start that relationship good, you know, it's, uh, it's just the best, best foot forward, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah I no, was going to say, fine. Anthony,
1: um, Anthony's being a bit modest, but his relationship was everything to us landing there. I mean, he developed those relationships. Well, he had that prior relationship, you know, prior to us landing in Elgin, but his relationship, you know, paved the way for us. We have an awesome, awesome, awesome relationship with them. Uh, we've given back so we do some philanthropy in the area as well so it's not just a one way give they want us there we want to be there we we want to be a good corporate citizen in the community we want to utilize local contractors and be part of the chamber of commerce in Elgin so it's just like anthony said it just it just works but his relationship meant everything in that in that and uh, that search
0: sometimes it's it's the who you know still um, in, in, in the business side of things, too.
2: Yes, those cars definitely had to be, you know, had to play them cards cars every once in a while in there. So, you know, <laughs> and I think <laughs> that just speaks to us as a group, though, too, because, of course, it's one thing to know someone in there. But it's another thing for them to actually kind of speak up and back you to so doing those because, of course, you know, they're putting their self out there, too.
0: Yeah, but, they you know, really believe the vision and kind of see the strengths of the group and the, the trajectory you're setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, On the facility itself or on the cultivation process, have you guys decided on um, a method of cultivation or did you have that decided from the beginning?
2: We haven't necessarily, um, What we do because we actually have a, none of us are going to be actually growing. (laughs) We actually have, uh, we have a grower on there who actually um, is working with one of our business partner, which is actually going through um, P37, um, which is actually out and um new mexico so doing those um so really great grower on here um he's been doing a lot of awesome things he does indoor and outdoor grows as well um so he's been kind of you know i think the thing is the challenge of some time is of course and you know there's being in the midwest um uh, our climate is just so iffy you know uh with everything in there it's so He's been kind of throwing away some ideas, but I think, you know, he's definitely more of a traditional, you know, he's more that, you know, hey, let's get the soil in there. Let's, let's get it. Let's, let's do this thing right on here. You know, we're not so much adding a bunch of chemicals, anything like this in there. He's, he's very old school, tending to the soil. He knows that's where everything starts at. So, um, we're, we're probably going to go more old school with this and where it sounds with that. What I think is great, though, because it just gives that the natural side of things with really what you want. So you're not, you know, you're not killing the quality necessarily.
0: Definitely. Yeah, you can give those plants a hands on attention. And um, starting with the, you know, the soil and keeping things natural as well is definitely where uh, the craft industry is heading. Right. And outdoors is definitely difficult in the Midwest with with iffy weather and Mother Nature bringing, you know, shade one day and sun the next, maybe yeah. sun for a week and then shade for two weeks uh, can be a mess on that side. I imagine the, maybe certain cultivars could adapt to that over time and kind of get, be more r- rugged and kind of vigorous for that. But it seems like indoor has definitely been taking the Midwest by storm because of that reason. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it really has. And like you said, it, it is really iffy. I mean, here in the Chicagoland area, we've had all four seasons <laughs> in the day before, so, <laughs> you know, that would just be a lot, you know, because there's always risk involved anytime that you're going to be cultivating, you know, it's, nothing's ever perfect, you know, that you're going to have in there, but we want to mitigate those risks in there. So, you know, definitely, you know, with the indoor facility that we do have in there is really great. Um, And we have the space to work in there and you know our girl feels comfortable he's already been in there trying to get things you know vision where he wants everything set up in here and how he wants to work everything so um he's happy about it he loves it and that's the thing that we want to make sure that you know we wanted a good area but we wanted to make sure that it was functional that where you know he didn't have to worry about okay my water supply is not enough in here and i gotta try to you know compensate this way or do anything so he has what he needs to, to make sure that Things that are working properly.
0: Oh, I've seen those. Comp- I've seen those uh, compromises go south before and grows. <laughs> yeah, and you know,
2: you just can't, you just can't cut any corners. You know, you know the HVAC system and things of that sort. You know, getting everything set up on there he likes. So those are the those are they seem minor, but those are the big things that really makes a difference at the end of the day. So you know, he's he's on it. So he's doing a great job.
0: I've seen a, a retrofit at one point that had the. The HVAC was put in after the fact, and there was some attention put into, you know, weighing things and making sure it was going to be okay, but in hindsight, there wasn't enough because one day the first grower came in in the morning, and one of the bedrooms was collapsed. Like, part of the part of the HVAC just fell onto the canopy. Oh. And the, the roof was still there, but the plants were done for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're at the pre-construction stage right now, and that's very important to have all the local trades pre, uh, tradesmen work together from the very beginning. So, as Anthony mentioned, our grower—I mean, he's been growing and a consumer of cannabis hicks since he was a teenager, and he's in his forties now. Uh, HVAC, um, water—do we have enough power? The height of our ceilings, the the um, potential for mold. All of that, the pitch of the floor, he's very, very uh, meticulous on everything. So that's why, you know, it took a little time to to come to this point where we're now finally able to start building in, in a couple weeks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all of that, all of that goes into play. The HVAC person has to talk to the electrical person. The electric, electrical person has to talk to Commonwealth Edison, which is our electrical provider here. And they have to talk to the the um, the builder, the carpenter, everything. the the um, uh, the ones that do the security, to put in the sec- low voltage. So all of them have to work together to make sure it's a seamless process.
0: It definitely takes a village there to get it done, and that sounds very exciting. That uh, the construction is underway or or coming soon, man. That's going to be pivotal and probably stressful by itself, but. Dude, what it means is that you're a few steps closer, right? It's just around the corner, around the corner. Certainly, absolutely. Do you guys plan to uh, make finished goods as well, or will it be only flour and like wholesale, wholesale flour, packaged goods, or making edibles and extracts?
2: Yeah, one of the great things about um, our craft grow uh, license is that we are able to infuse as well, so that comes a part of it. Um, that's so, awesome yeah so we're definitely looking to get into the edibles um so we're definitely dab you know looking to to do that so um yeah that'll be in addition to it and the Illinois market is um a good chunk of that is going to be the edibles side of it too so we just feel like that is something that we definitely got to make sure that you know we're, we're adding to our repertoire uh we're going in here of course flowers been king <laughs> of course um but the edibles is is They fight very strong. They're a strong second, I think, here in
0: Illinois. For sure. Uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting to see that statement coming out of Illinois as well. I think many markets are similar. There's an it's easier for consumers who aren't uh, legacy cannabis folks or from the gray or black markets to enjoy or to find medicine, medicinal benefits from cannabis at times to just eat something that they're familiar with. You don't necessarily need a tool or need to understand what's happening here with the combustion or inhalation. And I'm, I think that's an excellent way to, to find relief, you know, from cannabis and, you know, some folks can't, can't combust for health reasons and things like that. I see edibles and tinctures kind of growing in popularity there. I've, that being said, I mean, the flower, as you, as you mentioned, is always going to be fighting for its own because that's really where you get a sense for all the work that you guys have done, you know, really seeing that flower, whole smelling the aroma and breaking it down after all that work is something that as a cannabis connoisseur is unparalleled. It's hard to say that edibles are, are better or worse there, but I've actually been switching a lot of my use and consumption into edibles and tincture more than concentrates and flour. And, um, over time I've, I'm starting to enjoy it actually because the effects have a longer half-life it seems when you ingest than actually inhalation. So I I get a little bit less of a, like an up and a down feeling and it's more of a kind of baseline, I think.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of times with the um, consuming with with the edible side of it, especially considering, you know, in the legacy market on there, what is being less regulated, I think people experience where, you know, the, the amount of THC was not necessarily known they had some um, so, crazy brownies, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, we all have. You know, everybody has a brownie story, a cookie story they had where they took it, it as like way too much that they consumed in here. Um, so I think now those those consumers are kind of opening up because now you know there's somebody that can educate them, and I think that's a huge that's a huge piece of this now is that I think there were a lot of people that was very curious about the cannabis industry, but they didn't have the education component of it. So now that the markets are opened up, you know, states are kind of really embracing it. Um, people are now have the resources to really kind of educate themselves and they know, OK, you know, if if I'm not I'm not exposing myself to sit here and I'm taking, you know, 50 grams, <laughs> you know, in this in this particular cookie in here. I don't know what it is now that now things are kind of regulated in here. And so they're they're definitely a little bit more. um little bit more welcoming to, to trying those things, you know, and I think that's an easy way. Myself, I'm probably more, I do more of the flour, you know, in there at um, a control amount. The edibles are something that, that, you know, I do enjoy as far as taking those. Um, just because, like you said, it is a longer to have, you know, to have it. Uh, the high, I think, of course, it's a different one, but um I think that is definitely, it's a good way to go, especially have, you know, family, you have kids and things like that. It's just doesn't necessarily expose them to those things like that. And so um, I think it's definitely um, something that the market is looking like, okay, okay. people are really kind, of, are really enjoying kind of enjoying more of the edible, of the side, edible of side of
1: it. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of females enjoying the edibles as well because it doesn't leave the smell on their clothes or because, you know, they have family members or they're going to family functions where they may want to eat half of a gummy, you know, instead of smoking flour. But, you know, that's a great segue Um, to the education piece, we want to be one of the, one of the licensees in the state that helps educate, you know, consumers on what they're putting in their bodies, whether that's labeling, whether that's tutorials, our tagline, one of our taglines is the science of cannabis. And our grower is very big and our, and our business partners are very big on educating, um, you know, educating consumers about the levels of THC and what they're putting in their bodies, and the medicinal benefits of all of that, and eventually we would like to be vertically integrated. We would like to be on the retail side as well. Unfortunately, we didn't win one of those licenses, but we're still in, uh, we're still on the market for for a dispensary license as well.
0: That's great to hear, though. I mean, pushing that education aspect all the way from the plant where the product begins is. I think something that might be lacking in the space right now because a lot of the education conversation gets pushed off to the very front lines, right? To the bud tenders and to the folks in the dispensary lobbies who are building educational menus and things like that. And I think maybe shifting the perspective like you guys have and trying to drive that education and that community right from the origin um, might have that trickle down effect, right? With the supply chain and kind of uh, make some traction in that way. I think that cannabis education is definitely uh exponentially growing. It was something that's sorely needed in in new markets just to get all the consumers up to speed on what's possible and and what what things really are. And I think it's important to give people that hands-on approach to if they have questions or if they, you know, want to see, you know, the plant or things like that. Does Illinois have any options for you guys to allow tours or or bring any kind of like viewing window into the grow or is that restricted in the state?
2: Yeah, that yeah. is uh, restricted in the state there. There are certain uh, limitations there, but uh, Illinois is very strict in there. I mean, you know, whether you gotta be fingerprinted, there are certain codes in there. So, you know, the state actually has, that has a pulse on what is going on in those facilities. Cause you totally. know, yeah, yeah. So doing those. So, um, but there are different ways that you can do, you know, there are, um, there are quite a few schools now that kind of have adopted, um, cannabis programs now where right. you know, they're able to do those, a good amount of the community, uh, colleges here in the state have now, I think there's about seven of them now, I think in the state, I want to say that actually have some type of cannabis curriculum that they oh, have. Wow. Yeah. That they, uh, that they've adopted in. Um, so the state is really been open to, you know, to that part of it. So there are ways that, you know, people that are in high school now, you know, they want to get into the industry now. They have a way to educate themselves by going to, you know, a community college and getting an education.
0: That's awesome. You know, fact, I would have
2: had
1: to that. as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I've had to. I've had to educate myself around the cannabis industry. So I actually took a certificate course at the University of Illinois Springfield you know, an online certificate course and, you know, everything I learned about the history of cannabis, cultivation, manufacturing, analytics, real estate, compliance, accounting, medicinal benefits. So it teaches you all of those things. And we've made a commitment in our application. We made a commitment that we would hire, you know, some of these some of these students out of the cannabis programs, you know, so we're we're helping out in helping out in that aspect there's a local college near our facility, Elgin Community College, and, you know, we're dedicated to hiring some, some young, educated young men and women from that curriculum to help in, um, in any way they can, any way that we can afford them to help in our facility. So, yeah, education is, is really big on us. That's
0: excellent. Providing a potential uh, uh, next rung up right after you've completed the certification and, you know, had the ambition to go through the whole program. You know, here's a landing spot or here's the next step for you. And it sounds like that was a a good crash course for you as well, Rod, covering such a wide range of topics there in the space.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was over several months. So, uh, you know, it was self-paced, but I was able to really learn about the history of it. And the medicinal benefits, of course, there's, you know, there's the stigma out there of cannabis. But once you learn that there's some medicinal benefits to it, you know, it's helping people sleep. It's helping people with chronic pain. You know, once you just educate folks on that and try to get them off the, um, the alcohol or get them off of, of, of tobacco, cannabis really is a much safer option.
2: Even some of the pain pills and stuff like that. I I actually have a have a coworker um, who used to have really bad seizures uh, over the years, and she started cannabis about three years. And I think before prior to that, she was on like seven medications, but she was still probably experiencing about twelve to thirteen, fourteen seizures some of like that a year. I think most recently, I mean I think she's down to maybe like one that she may have now since so she's been, you know, since so she incorporated cannabis, wow. yeah. you know, last couple of years. So, you know, those are, those are the things that we want to, you know, definitely highlight, you know, when we're talking about, when we're educating the community about that, like, you know, it's just not a recreational drug. There are, there are some very strong medical benefits to this plant um, that have been explored, you know, the people have been, you know, for the longest far as testing this and, and experiment with it. It's just that, We got to catch everyone else back up with it (laughs) and talk about those benefits. But I think those those are stories that, you know, more people need to hear about. So then that way, you know, they don't feel the negative aspect of it that has been that light has been shined on cannabis over the last couple of decades. You know, now we're slowly kind of peeling things back where people are kind of looking at it like, hey, this is this is really not as bad as they portrayed it to be, you know, over the 90s and things of that sort. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: If you're trying to shake off the D.A.R.E. program off everyone, right? And Right, man,
2: you know, <laughs> the damage those things were done is kind of set even for myself. You know, um, growing up, you know, I didn't I didn't actually start even, you know, entertaining cannabis actually until I got to college. And that was the only reason why I ever thought about it, because my roommate at the time was heavily a cannabis user. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, this guy's going to <laughs> school to get his master's in physics, and he just taught himself how to play the bass. This cannot be as bad as they say that it is.
0: <laughs> Give this a little try, right? Yeah,
2: I'm like, okay, this guys he's getting his master in physics right now. He's doing this. All right, there's, something else has got to be going on with this plant that they're not, uh, not uh, informed me about. So, but, yeah, but those are, are definite things that, as a group, we want to highlight and talk to you know, our consumers about then when we have different events that, we're, that we are attending.
0: Are, are there any other events on the radar yet this year for Illinois or for um, the country that Grand Legacy Group is going to be at?
2: Um, nothing yet. We haven't planned. We've been really kind of getting this, getting our facility. We we did Sounds a like lot Sounds like there's
0: of, plenty going on on the home front. Yeah, yeah, a lot of of
2: 2023. We did a lot of networking, attended a lot of events. Uh, if that was just you know community events or you know um. And Rock, as part of speak to this. We did a lot of um, a lot of events like with the state reps uh, as well. And Rod was very very heavy involved with those things. So.
1: Yeah. So we definitely wanted to make sure that if we're going to be leaning on some of these politicians to help us in getting what we want, which is like fourteen thousand square feet, and and loosening some of these laws. You know, we definitely wanted to give back. So we went to homeless shelters to feed homeless people outside. Um, we built a few um, vegetable gardens in, you know, one of the areas here in Chicago, Englewood, that desperately needed, you know, fresh, fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, we gave back to homeless shelter. There's a homeless shelter not far from our facility. We, we just found a way to give back to them. So we definitely want to be a staple in the community. We definitely want to give back because we will be asking for assistance, um, but it can't, like I said before, it just can't be a one-way thing. So you mentioned like what's on the front for this year. One expo that we plan to go to is the Black Cannabis Expo. That'll be here in Chicago in uh, July, uh, weekend of July 24th. So just more opportunities to network, uh, rub shoulders with some of our peers in the industry, And once we become, you know, operational, we're able to partner with some of these folks. So if we're a grower and we meet some social equity retailers. You know, can we get our flour on their shelves? Can we get our products on their shelves? Or transportation, you know, can we partner with a social equity transporter that can transport our our products to some of these uh, dispensaries? So continue to network and, and, you know, any opportunity that comes up will definitely at least send one person in the group. So again, that's the benefit of having eight people we can divide and conquer. And Anthony has been great at attending a lot of these social functions and educational functions in and around the city over the past couple of years. So yeah, we'll continue to do that.
0: Yeah, that is great. And uh, yeah, definitely a hidden benefit there with the the size of the team with so many conferences and potential events, I think Many companies and projects are struggling sometimes to decide which ones to go to and why or how to justify them. And that helps to have the have the hats and the folks to help. So uh, when can I plan to make a trip over to Illinois and try some of this Grand Legacy flower? <laughs> Do we have a, is there an, an ETA there or an ideal time to get kind of get
1: plants started? Well, it's going to take, once we get up in, you know, the, 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 construction process starts and i'll say that that'll probably be in mid february it's gonna take about six months for the build out to be uh completed so you know we're talking we're talking late summer
0: early so kind of fall
1: winter spring next year
0: yeah pulling down yep. some plants absolutely. making the whole place smell lovely yeah absolutely yeah.
1: but we'll definitely make sure you're one of the first ones that come through and uh be able to be a yeah. uh, <laughs> uh a test dummy for us.
0: <laughs> Anytime, guys. I'm happy to test dummy some some R&D for you guys. <laughs> we'll have to get ah, some. I'm sure you'll some...
1: be you'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, our product has won multiple awards. Obviously, not here yet, but our grower has. You know, he's an award-winning grower. He's won multiple awards out in the Southwest, Um, and he's he's planning to bring many of those strains here in, in Illinois and. We plan to do some good things here. So once we get up and running.
0: Definitely. It takes time to build these, to do these build outs, right? It's not something that can be done quickly or that you want done quickly. Um, it needs that diligence and, and time there for every tradesman to get in and do their craft. Well, guys, it's been awesome to learn about uh, the Grand Legacy Group. And I I love the vision you have for bringing craft cannabis to Illinois and keeping the community and the social equity vibe strong throughout Uh, It's been a it's been a constant beat and rhythm in the cannabis industry that sometimes falls silent in in markets. And I I like to see that being held held on high. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys a lot of success. And in in the meantime, where can folks connect with Grand Legacy Group um, or either of you?
2: Yeah, they can definitely contact us at uh, GrandLegacyGroup.com. We are still working, building onto the website there uh, and then also uh, on our LinkedIn as well. So I can do Grand Legacy Group is is where our LinkedIn
0: page at. Cool man, we'll get we'll get some links in the show notes. Thank you again for jumping on, and uh, we'll talk soon, guys. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. (laughs) podcast for more information about the show along with our services and courses visit apt113.com we offer cannabis software product management cannabis education courses and freelance writing with over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry apartment 113 is here to help